0: Welcome to Genesis NFT by NFTs What The Fuck, hosted by me, Jamie Burke. We're doing a retrospective on the history of NFTs, its key moments and people, from Counterparty to Rare Pepe's, CryptoPunks and Kitties, from XCopy to Pack, and Beeple's Record Auction. With the stories from the people inside the hurricane, and hear their hopes and fears for its future, these episodes, now over 16 hours have been recorded, will be turned into a single audio documentary released as an NFT time capsule. Follow at NFT's WTF to keep updated on the drop on Twitter. Really happy to have you both on the show and hear more about what the fuck is going on with The Worm. Um, I, as I said off air to the two guests, I was really upset that I didn't receive The Worm and have been brought down to earth as to my standing in the community but they reassured me that I hadn't received the worm yet so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of keep my fingers crossed but of course there's also lots of drama uh, surrounding the current status of the worm unless something else has happened in between now and when I last checked in but maybe before we do that could you just both introduce yourself by name? And I guess, I don't know if, do you have like defined roles over at The Worm?
1: Yeah. So my name is Megan and this is...
0: I'm
2: Felix.
1: Felix. Yep. And uh, we are two of the three-person team that makes up Ambition. Ambition is our organization that experiments with NFT technologies and storytelling with NFTs. The third person who's not here right now is our partner, Macbeth.
0: Okay. And you're all in Indiana or just the two of you? Uh, yes, we are. Well, you know, it's weird. I'm starting to like speak to more teams that are actually physically in the same place as one another, which is like a new phenomenon. Before we go into the worm, so tell us a little bit more about the company that you just mentioned and I guess what its purpose or mission is and, and how that led to the worm.
2: Yeah, so I started ambition with Macbeth uh, at the beginning of the year. It kind of started off as I was tired of making things for other people. I wanted to make my own stuff. I'm the the developer behind all of these projects. and I'm really fascinated by uh, the systems that kind of like govern the world and work things and the blockchain is one of these new systems. And what I really enjoy doing is thinking about it and trying to figure out what are its applications, its implications, its consequences, and what can we do with this that wasn't possible before. And so the worm is a perfect example of that because 10 years ago, uh, the idea of a piece of art that left a copy of itself And that copy was non-transferable wasn't possible. But now that we have the blockchain and now that we have NFTs, we can do this thing that you couldn't do before. And so that's what I really enjoy trying to think about and figure out is like, what can we do now that we couldn't do before?
0: And Megan, you mentioned this kind of storytelling component, these like creating these narratives, I guess that's the mimetics behind the worm. Could you maybe talk about it from that perspective?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's something I really love about The worm is that it kind of has two new things that a lot of people haven't seen yet coming together. One is the way in which it uses smart contracts and the mechanics of smart contracts to travel and leave copies and sort of build its audience. That sort of share to Mint is is newer, something we haven't seen before. But then on the flip side, what I think is really interesting about The worm from the storytelling side is you know, it kind of started, we were thinking about how do we create community around NFTs? How do we tell stories? And we realized that so much of the story is backstory for most NFT projects. You know, you write up a few paragraphs about how these NFTs got there and then you sell them. (laughs) Um, And a lot of the community and conversation isn't really about the backstory. It becomes about buying, selling, tracking the floor, that kind of stuff. And we were just really trying to push the thinking forward on how NFTs could tell their own story and the NFT itself could be part of the story. And in this case, the worm is the character in that story and uh, has a little bit of backstory, but the story of the worm is whatever everybody does with it. It's where that NFT goes. It's where it gets stuck. It's who it visits. You know, there's so many different stories that can be told about the worm, but they're told kind of through what the worm does, which is really what the community does with it.
0: Yeah. And so what I love about the worm, and the reason why I got you on is because I I kind of think I know what's going on, but because I never received it, I didn't like fully immerse myself in it because I was too bitter. Um, I thought, well, I'll just speak to them and they they can kind of immerse me a bit more. But like conceptually, like what I instantly loved about it was it, it really brings home... You know, the kind of Marshall McLuhan concept of the medium is the message. It's almost like irrelevant what's inside, you know, the the kind of particular design of the NFT. It's how it's used as a medium, like what, what that says about the medium of NFTs. And the second thing was, is that I always refer to NFTs as a social media without a platform. And again, this is a perfect example of NFTs as a social media and as a social currency. Uh, You know, people kind of passing value to their network and reinforcing relationships uh, or not in my case. Um, And again, I I really loved the way you framed it as well, because, you know, I I do believe in the power of language to frame concepts and the share to mint concept as an innovation. I thought it was like fascinating. Um, So could you tell us, could you just break down what is the worm? How does it function? And and what's its journey been so far?
1: So the worm is a single NFT that wants to travel the blockchain. So it needs everyone's help to do that. It can't move on its own. It needs to be passed around from person to person. So the worm's goal is to see as much of the blockchain as possible to visit as many wallets as possible, and it needs each person who gets it to then determine where it goes next and pass it along. And then as a thank you, the worm leaves behind some evidence that it has been in your wallet. It leaves behind a what we call hologram. It's a copy of itself. So as the worm journeys across the blockchain, it leaves behind this numbered trail of where it's been, who gave it to who. Um, how long it was in each person's wallet, and it starts to build this audience of helpers who have given its journey this great story in life.
0: And is those holograms that are they unique? So each like copy or edition of the NFT is somehow unique, or is are they all the kind of set so the cop the consistent?
1: Yeah, they're numbered. The NF the art in the NFT itself is numbered. So The design is the same, but each hologram has a number right in the image.
0: Got you. So it's kind of like in just a a straight up addition. Um, And what what have you learned from its journey? And obviously now I think it's got stuck. Could you tell us about its current status?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The fun thing about the worm is that we really had no idea what would happen. <laughs> um, you know, we put it out there and uh, somebody minted it, which, you know, brought it into the blockchain. And we were just thinking about it as an experiment. What will happen? You know, will people want to help it on its journey? Where will it go? Will people want to, you know, try to hurt it in some way? And so we've been really surprised because so far nobody has sold the worm as far as we are aware. Everybody has just passed it to the next person for free. People seem to be really excited about its journey. So overall, it's been really positive. And I think people have been excited uh, for this character to exist on the blockchain and for their opportunity to help it. I think eventually we kind of knew something (laughs) would happen to it. But the most recent development is that one of the people who had the worm sent it to a friend and the worm was their first NFT. So their friend was um, into crypto, but didn't have any NFTs. So very exciting that their first NFT was the worm. Unfortunately, when they went to transfer that NFT, it went to a different address than the one they had typed in. So um, we our best guess based on what that address is, is that it is the uh, repository for uh, clipboard malware that changes addresses when you copy and paste them on your computer. And it changes the address to that address. And so it's been kind of collecting like finance coin and Ethereum. And I think the worm was the second NFT that it had uh, collected. So our best guess right now is that that wallet the worm is in is owned by the person who created or is somehow involved in this clip, uh, clipboard malware.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, in a way, you know, sending that th- to, to somebody that's new to NFTs, what we call that in the UK, a hospital pass, right? right. In, rugby. <laughs> in rugby, you're kind of throwing them the ball and, you know, somebody's careering towards them at 100 miles per hour. I, I guess I don't even have that in American football, but... Um, <laughs> Well, anyway, okay, so, so, so it's got stuck, and, and who knows what happens next. And it's interesting that nobody sold it. Um, what happened in the secondary market to the additions? Did people sell those?
1: Yeah, so the funny thing is that we wanted the worm trail to be permanent. Um, as you said it, at the beginning, you know, you were a little bummed that you didn't get the worm, and we wanted the worm hologram to be like rock-hard evidence that you had the worm, so we actually made them untransferable. <laughs> So they're permanent. So um, for a while, I think most people knew that they didn't try to sell it. And then the first person tried to sell theirs maybe a week or two ago. And, uh, you know, people immediately (laughs) told them, (laughs) you might not make that sale.
0: (laughs) I mean, obviously, or, or potentially, its life was short lived. But I guess this also is a good way of mapping out relationships within the NFT ecosystem, right? So I guess you you could in theory take that data, it's all publicly available, and you could then use that to map, visually map relationships, right? Between a subset of the NFT ecosystem. Anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've always thought it would be very cool once the worm had visited you know, a couple thousand wallets to do like a social network analysis of how those wallets might be related to each other and the other kinds of NFTs they might be sharing and, you know, what the groups are that might arise. And even without that data for a more robust analysis, you know, we've definitely seen that the worm tends to go from group to group, right? Kind of started in our discord. It made a visit to the cool cats and they kind of made a list of who they were going to share it with. And it made its way through the cool cats and then it came back and then it went out to some top shot groups and came back. So even without a robust analysis, we have noticed that it tends to be moving in these communities where someone, you know, brings it in and kind of facilitates a line of who might get it and then where it might go when it's visited everyone in that community who wants it
0: it wasn't just kind of casually passed from one person to the next. Communities collectively would determine how it, how it moved amongst them. That, that's really cool.
2: One of my favorite examples of this was there was a Discord that created a sign up list. And in order to join the sign up list, you had to commit to passing it along to the next person as soon as you got it to pay extra gas to make sure it was quick. And you had to promise to not send it to any of your other wallets. It was only one wallet per person. And because they were so organized, they got through about 50 wallets in a day. Wow.
0: And it's interesting that there's that that there's still, you know, we talk about everything being on chain and trustless, but there is still that social contract that exists around it, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that was kind of some of the drama with the worm getting into this latest wallet where it's been for a few days. Is that you know the group that was sharing it had all agreed with each other that they would pass it to the next person in their group and then someone thought, oh well, I'll just send it out for a minute to a friend. It'll oh. come back.
0: <laughs> oh no. Now they're socially ostracized. In a way, I'm kinda of glad I didn't get the worm because that could have been me. I could have
2: I could have done that. So what next? Well, it is very possible that the worm will get unstuck. People have been putting bids in. For the worm on OpenSea, I believe the highest one right now is 1 ETH. So the wallet that it's in right now does have activity. So it is very possible that someone will check the wallet and they might notice that there are other people have been sending NFTs to it. So they might notice that there's a whole bunch of activity going on. Seeing as they might be more uh, profit incentivized, they might accept one of the offers and get a free ETH, and then the worm will get unstuck.
0: Oh, wow. So the worm is currently in the dark web, living its life. And so beyond the worm, you know, what 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 next for you guys as a, as, a, as a team? I mean, I think it's a great experiment, whatever comes of it, whether it's this or it goes on and does some other wonderful things. But I'm imagining as a team, you know, you're not going to pack up your bags and, and that's it, and you're going to go and get a job at, uh,
2: you know, the local bank. <laughs> Well, so about the worm, we don't want to say too much yet, except that if this is the wallet in which the worm gets permanently stuck, it will not be the end of the worm. Oh. That's that's all we can say about that for now. Oh. But we also have other projects that we, we are working on as well.
1: I was just realizing I forgot one completely important aspect of the worm, which is that as the worm travels and leaves this worm trail, it leaves behind that network that you talked about of people who know each other and, you know, are trusting each other to take care of this worm NFT. And we have used that already to deliver what the worm calls blessings, which are gifts to the people who have helped the worm and now have a hologram showing that they have done so. So after a hundred people got the worm and passed it along, we worked with Uh, crypto artist Brian Brinkman to deliver a on-chain Brian Brinkman piece to those 100 people. So they got that completely for free from the worm because of their participation in the worm story. And we will continue to do that as the worm travels and with the people who have already had the worm up until this point.
0: Yeah, I actually saw that Brian thing. I didn't realize it was in collaboration with you. I, I, I I saw it pass by and who better to bring a bit of cheer than, than Brian? <laughs> well, look, I think we're going to leave it on that cliffhanger. I am um, <laughs> I would love to have squeezed a bit more alpha out of you, but you know, just the f- mere fact that we know this doesn't have to be the end is, is probably enough. Look, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. It's great to chat and can't wait to see what happens next.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. This has been great. We love sharing the story of the worm, so we appreciate it you helping the worm to share its story as well.
2: Yeah, thank you very much.
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, like, rate, and review. We're going to be dropping two of these a week, so make sure you don't miss a beat. And also follow us on at NFT's WTF to keep updated on the NFT time capsule drop.